0: Hey guys, Dan Waltzman here. Welcome back to the Edgy Conversations podcast. Awesome. We finished the whole discussion around commitment yesterday. Month done, topic done, and then something happened that changed my, well, I should be talking about relationships today. I was changed my thinking because I finished a book. And I think probably like a lot of great stories in my life, it centers around books. So I just happen to be following Malcolm Gladwell uh, with his nonsense, you know, and I generally like his books. You may or may or not disagree with kind of his social science take on things, but I think you have to agree Uh, his 10,000 hours uh, theory and just his general kind of the provocative ways he brings facts together makes life interesting. Yeah, maybe we'll say that. Interesting. So he was tweeting something out about a book that was coming out. He wrote the forward for this book. And so I had not had a chance yet to try out audiobooks on Google Play. Uh, usually I listen to everything on Audible or Kindle, but believe it or not, uh, I'm not a shill for Google. But we love Google. We use Google for pretty much everything. They're taking over our lives. I bought the book Indoor by Alex Hutchinson. Uh, and in a typical format, this will surprise none of you. Um, when I figured out actually how to use the Google Play app, uh, Books... I put it on 2X and uh, listened to this book. Well, it took me about three days. It said it was going to be nine hours of listening, which I thought, um, no, I don't have nine hours to listen to a book. But the title of the book by Alex Hutchinson is called Endure. It's really the subtitle that will catch uh, catch your fancy. And it's Mind, Body, and the Curiously Elastic Limits of Human Performance. So here's what makes this book bananas. One, he talks about, Right in line with this idea of commitment why is it that sometimes we can exceed our own personal performance other times like you try you try you try and it just doesn't work you you are underwhelming right you know your performance is a little bit disappointing. he starts off by uh, jumping right into this two-hour race that Nike tried to do was, I think it was a year ago and they brought in these amazing runners. And six months before that, he had actually been part of, of an, uh behind-the-scenes access to the Nike campus, where he had seen all of the work going on. His theory, by the way, Alex Hutchinson's theory, is that, and so he was somewhat, somewhat skeptical from the start, before even hearing about Nike, was that you would not be able to run a sub-two-hour marathon until the year 2075. Now, you have to read the book to figure out why. Basically, there is uh, some, some genetics improvements among athletes. that so will just takes years or generations to actually come about. As well, there's kind of this, this mental game uh, that, that needs to progress as well. And so between the two of those, his theory was it's going to be 2075. All of a sudden, in 2017, Nike says, we're going to run sub two hours. And he was skeptical. But then when he went, he began to notice they had special socks they thought might save anywhere from 10 seconds to 60 seconds off of somebody's time. The world record, I believe, is somewhere around 2.02 for a marathon. His, their goal was to get it one fifty nine. For all of you who are listening to this podcast and say, I don't get what you runners are about, it's like two minutes. Those are like the hardest two minutes of your life, like ever. like In the history of lives and seconds and minutes, those are painful minutes because you're probably at your limit already for running when you're 2.10, 2.15, 2.20. To be just to let you know how fast that is to qualify for the U.S. Olympic team, right? The U.S. Olympic team, Olympic. This is the best in the U.S. You have to run a two fifteen marathon, and so my best time is somewhere around two forty. Uh, and in my own practice, I can run closer to two thirty. I would still need to shave fifteen minutes, or or roughly an additional thirty five seconds per per mile off of every mile I run. So that that's just how incredibly, very incredibly fast. It's basically like running five minute miles for two and a half hours, or for two hours and 15 minutes just to be on the team. Anyways, we're getting into the weeds about running, more importantly, the book. He talks about how, how do you pull this off? Now, of course, for those of you who stayed up late, like 2 a.m., 4 a.m. in the morning to watch this race begin and end, you know that Uh, it finished in two hours and 25 seconds. We were 25 seconds away from breaking this record that had never been done before. In the book, he divides it up into three parts. Number one, mind and muscle. Number two, limits. And then number three, limit breakers. Under mind and muscle, he talks about this idea that there's a central governor. Every once in a while, you might hear a news story about someone dying running a marathon. And of course, it gives everybody ample time to kind of joke and laugh and say, oh, see how stupid it is? You're running and you're dying. And Alex Hutchinson had this idea, actually Noakes, who was before Hutchinson, had this idea that I don't want to study the people who died. I actually want to study why more people aren't dying. And why is it that you can do this thing that actually the first marathon killed the person who did it? And now thousands and thousands of people do it each year. And why isn't it that more people don't die? Why is it that people do not die? It's fascinating, right? I mean, I have never thought about this. And again, when I come all month that we've been thinking about commitment, here's a guy jumping into this idea about how committed you are. Now, here's what's neat about this. Noakes, who's a sports scientist, very controversial, South African uh, sports running coach. Of course, the oldest ultramarathon in the world is in South Africa. It's called the Comrades Marathon, which for all of you who enjoy irony is not a marathon. It's actually 56 miles. <laughs> so it's like two marathons, but I guess, uh, that's a little bit of African irony for us that, uh, <laughs> that's what's considered a mar- marathon. Anyways, Noakes, Noakes came up with this idea that there's a central governor inside all of us. And the central governor theory says basically this, you cannot kill yourself by exercise. You cannot do it. Your body will stop you before you kill yourself. Unless there's something else in your body, like an amphetamine, um, maybe you get a a, a shot in your back with fentanyl, which uh, stops you from feeling pain. You cannot cannot kill yourself with exercise. The self-limiting aspects of your brain stop you. I thought this was fascinating because course, I'm a runner. I'm fascinated by running. It's a part of my daily existence. But so is the rest of, uh, of the things I do around commitment, right? When I think about commitment and the central governor, it, it gets me thinking that maybe the same thing that stops me from running at peak performance is also the same thing that stops me executing all the other things that I potentially struggle with at peak performance right so the central governor that stops you from running fast might also stop me from writing proposals by the way can i tell you i hate writing proposals for all of you who want to do business with welter partners thank you i love you but please stop acting asking me for proposals like i hate it it's like the one thing that just i don't know i'm off on a tangent now but it's something that just drives me crazy i don't like writing proposals so for me my central governor says this is not something that's valuable or important and stops me. It gives me great excuses for slowing down and not doing something that I'll procrastinate and eventually I'll get it and it's never fun or friendly or awesome, but something I will eke out. For some of you, that's how you think about running. And well, thinking about this book, and again, it took me three days of running actually, at listening to it at 2x speed to put it all together. He talks about, you know, your body does have muscles. Muscles have limits. Uh, you will tear them off the bone at a certain point, right? Um, and so you, you do have some limits. And he, he essentially makes this case at the end of part one, when he talks about mind and muscle, that yes, your your ability to run fast uh, is controlled by the strength uh, and adaptation of your muscles combined with the strength and adaptation of your mind. He did several studies for people with PTSD, studies for people in general who who uh, are learning how to evolve their brains. Mindfulness is one way. Meditation is one way. And there's also uh, some, some training that you can do as an athlete to, to, when things get boring, you stay focused, right? There's some training you can do. Essentially, he comes away with this, this argument that you have a central governor that guards how much you work and protects you and that you are always a conscious quitter, that you could run faster than you are running now, but you are consciously quitting. That's a fascinating, fascinating discussion because I think it it parallels a lot of what we think about in, in this idea of commitment. Is that professional athletes are able to ride the razor's edge of pain longer than us amateurs, right? That's just that's what makes them better. Now you could argue that that's something that they were born with, but more importantly, what Alex Hutchinson argues in his book Endure is that that's something that is nurtured. That more athletes learn that, and they learn it over time, which is why you see athletes, even like LeBron, who get better and better with age. Even Lance Armstrong, we can you know give him bad labels for doping, but over time he got better and better and better. It's just what happened, right? And so he talks about this idea of being able to endure more of the bad stuff. So what are the limits? When running, you've got pain. Pain will stop you from running. Muscles will stop you from running. A lack of oxygen will stop you from running. Too much heat will stop you from running. Thirst will stop you from running. Not enough fuel will stop you from running, right? So these are things that stop you. If you have enough pain, your body will automatically shut off. It just will. If your muscles are at a certain point, will stop. He did, they did experiments where they ran electrical current through frog's legs. And at some point, the frog's legs just stop moving. All of the muscle that could be used has been fatigued to the point of inability to move. And you might've found yourself running a race where you get to the finish line and you flop on the ground and you're done. Noakes, who was advising Alex Hutchinson a lot of the book, made this uh, very pointed example. At the Olympics- Noakes called Alex over and he said, look at the second place runner. See how he is jogging around the track with a flag and smiling. Obviously he did not run hard enough. And now that runner might disagree, I ran, I gave it my all. Clearly he had more all because he was able to walk around the track with a smile, waving his flag. Had he consumed every bit of one of his limitations through pain or fuel or muscle strength, he would be flopping on the ground and just completely unable to, to move. So, okay, let's get to the conclusion because I've dragged this out long enough. How do you break past your limits? He makes three arguments in chapter 11, chapter 12, and chapter 13. Chapter 11, he says you can train your brain. And they have all kinds of exercises where you stay focused. Essentially, as you're running, the longer you run, you get bored. When you're bored, you slow down, right? When you feel pain, your body goes, oh, there's some pain, slow down. So it takes focus to keep yourself running quickly, even uh, uh, the longer you do it, you get bored. Number two, you can zap the brain. They have ideas and they have now testing and training and ideas now where they'll, they'll put low cor- current through your brain. It stimulates your prefrontal cortex. It keeps you focused longer. But both of those while highly, uh, what do you call that? Questionable and still evolving. None of those compare to the overwhelming thing that Alex Hutchinson concludes in chapter number 13, which is this. The single greatest way to break past your limits is this one word, belief. Belief. As he talked to athletes, especially uh, in the Nike project, when they ran the first test six months before, earlier, he asked uh, the runner, it was Ulias Kasange. I know I'm saying that wrong. I forget his exact last name, but he tells, he's the fastest half marathoner in history at 59 minutes and a few seconds. Uh, they, te- they ran and they he said, how fast are you running? He finished the half marathon. He said, I was giving sixty percent effort. Sixty percent effort. He actually believed he had forty percent more. He wasn't joking. He wasn't kidding. He wasn't he was? That's just what he he thought. Uh, it's also what they see in East African runners, where they'll go out for training runs, and everybody is sprinting. Maybe you've been to a marathon where people are just running as fast as they can off the front line. East East uh, African runners believe that they're meant to be the fastest people on the planet. And so they give it their all. And it's only when their body shuts down and they can no longer run that you see them falling back in the pack. Often they'll just quit. They'll stop. They'll live to fight another day. That's just how they're wired belief. It's what's interesting about this whole discussion. Alex digs into it a little more. I'll let you go buy the book and, and read it because if I try to tell you more, it's like playing the game of telephone. You, you're not even sure if you're getting the right message. But I love the book and I wanted to bring you one more podcast episode around this idea of commitment because I thought it hit close to home. We all have limits on our lives. There are limits financially, intellectually, physically, and these limits seem to press down upon us. Right? We feel constrained. We feel like I'm doing all I can. I'm not really sure how to break past these limits. And what I learned so much is this idea of belief. But all the science in the world, uh, the special earbuds that Golden State Warriors are using that do light shocks into your eardrums, which get your, your brain stimulated. All of these fancy technologies, they show minimal. Amp- they were able to show between 1% and 3% difference in performance. And yet the thing that was showing 20, sometimes 25% performance at times was this idea of belief. When you believe something is possible, your whole body responds to it. And while you're still constrained to things like fuel and water and heat, right? And you're con- you, you will have constraints your best abilities rise to the top and allow you to do something that is truly awesome when you're committed. And not just committed like, uh, uh, got to do this. When you're committed and the essence of your commitment is, I believe that I am called to do this. I believe that it is my destiny to achieve this level of greatness. That belief, that kind of unquestioning belief, it's the same thing that allows East African runners to to, to be the fastest at every major marathon, every major sporting event in the world, long distance. That same belief is the same belief that allows You know, Tesla to go from just a fancy battery company to, you know, the mission they're doing now. It's what allows you to get out of debt. It's what allows you to to build better relationships, which we're going to get into starting tomorrow. And it's this belief, this essence of commitment, not just I'm committed because I have to be, but I'm committed because I believe. And by the way, look at the clock. I'm way over time. I got to shut this thing down. That essence of belief is what uh, scientifically in a laboratory, Alex, hutchinson endure in all of his studies in sports science and sports psychology it comes back to one thing what really moves us is commitment not commitment because we have to but the commitment we believe it's our destiny so what's your destiny what do you believe in so strongly that you're going to commit to it regardless of what comes your way okay guys uh well that's it on commitment tomorrow we're going to get back into a brand new subject. The subject is going to be about relationships. I love this because I think one of the single greatest ways to take your career to the next level, to make money. Some of you have been waiting for a couple months to tell me how to make money. It's going to come from relationships. Okay. And you to need relationships long before you cash in on them. So come back ready to learn. Come back. Don't miss an episode. Okay. Don't miss an episode because it's going to be great. And meanwhile, go to calendarofawesomeness.com go grab your free calendar. Again, calendarofawesomeness.com. March is there. It'll be followed by April and then May and June. Hope you're using everyday wisely. Go be awesome. Until the next time, stay edgy, be awesome.